Welcome to My Fair Katie, a film review podcast. I, Katie Schimmick, will watch movies with my dad. That'd be me, Scott Schimmick. Together we will dive into sometimes deep but hopefully always fun discussion of classic films. Today's movie is Breaking Away. The movie that tells you exactly what you can do with your high school diploma. Throw it away. I don't think that's what it means. What does it mean? Do they mean stick it up there? Where the sun don't shine? Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe. <laughs> that's a terrible tagline. Mm-hmm. All right, this is the only one I can find. Dave, Mike, Cyril, and Moocher are breaking away. They're both really bad taglines. Uh, yeah, they're both pretty bad. <laughs> Made in 1979, Breaking Away was written and directed by Peter Yates. Peter Yates has had uh, quite the diverse IMDb page. John G. Avilton directed Rocky and Karate Kid. Anne Spa directed Hoosiers and Rudy. Yates took big chances with every movie he did, you know. He directed Bullet, which was a Steve McQueen cop movie. A fantastic chase scene. Crawl, which was a cult 80s fantasy film about a disappearing castle. Mother Jugs and Speed, which was a Bill Cosby comedy about ambulance drivers. The Dresser starred Albert Finney and was a theater-based drama. And Night of the Comet, another 80s classic cult, but about the apocalypse and zombies. Have you ever seen any of these movies? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, we have to watch Night of the Comet. I don't know why it's good. I don't know why people love it. But I do. (laughs) You like it? I love Night of the Comet. It's so wonderful and stupid. Dennis Christopher plays Dave Stoller, an amazing cyclist, searching for his purpose while indulging his passion. His three friends are Mike, the former jock, played by Dennis Quaid, Cyril, played by Daniel Stern, and Mooch, played by Jackie Earl Haley. In 1979, Bloomington, Indiana, four 19-year-old boys walked to their swimming hole, enjoying a lazy spring day after Dave won another bike race. Later, Dave rides his bike through town, singing in Italian, while his parents, Evelyn and Ray, discuss his odd behavior. Dave enters with his trophy and announces that an Italian cycling team may race in Indiana soon. Back at the quarry, Dave and his friends discuss their need to find jobs, working at the same place. Mike becomes upset when he sees some college students at their quarry suggesting that they return to the favor and take a trip to the college campus. While they watch the football team practice, Mike laments the future that he never had. Later, Dave practices his Italian on campus and spots a beautiful girl riding a Vespa, picking up her book that she dropped. Dave chases her on his bike and returns the book. Dave introduces himself as Enrico, an Italian exchange student, and she tells him her name is Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> Soon after, Dave receives a cycling journal in the mail and learns that Team Cinzano will race in nearby Indianapolis. Cyril and Dave discuss the college entrance exam Dave is supposed to take, though he admits he doesn't want to go back to school. Cyril is a good friend and helps Dave serenade Catherine in Italian while Cyril plays his guitar. At the same time, Evelyn and Ray have a romantic dinner at home, listening to Italian music. When Dave finishes his song... Catherine rides off with him, leaving Cyril behind to get beaten up by her boyfriend. The next day, Mike sees Cyril's face and demands to know what happened. Determined to find the culprit, Mike drives to campus where Cyril identifies Rod, who is driving around with a different girl. Wasn't he jealous, like, of 
Catherine, like, yeah. talking. It's kind of double standard. That evening, Enrico is on a date with Catherine. Spotting Rod's car, Mike, Cyril, and Moocher search for Rod inside the same dining hall as Dave and Catherine. Mike and Rod start a brawl, and police arrive to break it up. Rod shows up at the quarry the next day with his friends. Rod's in the IU swim team, but Mike challenges him to a race anyway. Mike is much slower, but refuses to quit until he cuts his head on a rock. Evelyn suggests that Ray give Dave a job, and despite his resistance, Ray hires Dave to wash the cars on the lot. When a customer attempts to return a car, citing a 90-day guarantee Ray promised, Dave encourages his father to honor his word. He then suffers a heart attack. At home, as a doctor tends to Ray in bed, Dave tells his mother he will not compete in the upcoming bicycle race against the Italians, but she urges him to race anyway. At the race, David catches up to the Italian team who cheat by shifting Dave's gear and sticking a pole through his wheel, causing him to fall and lose the race. Dave comes home without any trophy or an Italian accent. When Ray asks about the race, Dave cries and hugs his father. Dave meets Catherine the next day and admits to Catherine that he lied about being Italian, and she reacts by slapping him and storming off. At night, Ray and Dave walk the campus. They discuss Dave's future, and Dave admits he is scared to go to college. Ray recalls his days working as a lonely stonecutter, urging his son to aim higher for himself. The next day, Dave friends present him with an old Roadmaster bicycle, the only make allowed in the Little 500. Though Dave remains unenthusiastic, his passion is reignited when Mike expresses doubt about their chance of winning. Dave takes the bike home and fixes it. On the day of the Little 500, Dave and his friends wear shirts with a team name cutters across their chests. Though Dave gains a strong lead early in the race, he cuddles with an... <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Collides! Stop! It's not funny! <coughs> That's fantastic. Please don't leave it in there. <laughs> but he's cuddling with another racer. Stop! <laughs> it's okay. not funny. Okay, it's not funny. Though Dave gains a strong lead early in the race, he collides with another rider and sustains an injury. (laughs) Listening to the race on the radio, Ray leaves work to join Evelyn in the crown. Moocher, Cyril, and Mike take turns riding while Dave pouts. When Dave sees his father there, he's inspired to get back into the race. Dave pulls ahead of Rod at the last minute and wins the race. The next fall, Ray is riding a bike home from work. Dave is a student on campus. Dave just met a charming French girl and greets his father with a rousing... Bonjour, papa! (laughs) So AFI ranks us as the number eight most inspiring movie, and also the number eight sports movie on their top ten list. I feel like that's a good spot. As long as all the Rocky movies are ahead of it. I think there's only one Rocky movie ahead of it. Then I guess it's wrong. (laughs) You know, we're going to be watching five of the top ten movies on this season. Rocky better be one of them. Yeah, well, it's number two. So Rotten Tomatoes gives this one a 94%. It's a pretty good rating. Popcorn at 88. Metacritic a 91. And IMDb a 7.7. What do you think about those? 7.7 doesn't really match up with the rest of them. No, it doesn't. It tells you who's rating on IMDb and who's who's writing about movies mm-hmm. and when. 70s movies don't get a lot of good ratings on IMDb unless it's The Godfather. And Rocky. Uh, that wasn't even that high. It wasn't? What was it? It wasn't top 100. So Breaking Away won an Oscar for Best Writing, Screenplay Written Directly for the Screen, which today is called Original Screenplay. It's much less of a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> it was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for his mom, Barbara Berry. Not his actual mom. Mom yeah. movie. <laughs> best Music, Original Song, Score, and its Adaptation or Best Adaptation Score. <laughs> That's a mouthful, too. Mm-hmm. Instead of just Best Score. <laughs> Original score, sorry, original song score, and its adaptation or best adaptation score. Yeah, well, they put all the opera music in it. Oh yeah. You know, it's funny. Maybe it's a nit, but some of the opera music was actually German. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, earmuffs. A little bit of salty language. There's some GDs, an H, a T. <laughs> uh, you just figured out what the T was. <laughs> There's uh, one kiss which isn't nearly as uh, uncomfortable as the other kisses we've seen so far this season. Well, Rocky's kiss, very uncomfortable. Uh, Daniel Sun's kiss, a little too much for 16 year old. Any kiss with Gene Hackman is uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mrs. Hackman, but it is what it is. (sighs) All right, there's also lots of cigarettes, but no smoking. (laughs) Dennis Quaid won't smoke because he wants to stay in shape. And when Catherine goes to smoke, Dave's lighter is like a foot tall. (laughs) And he's embarrassed, so he's like, you shouldn't smoke. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right, our hero. Who is our hero in the movie? Dave. Dave, yeah, I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? Is Dave a good guy? Yeah. What makes him a good guy? In the beginning, he was very hopeful, and like he didn't think that anybody lied. Yeah, he was very innocent. Yeah. He was also very nice to his papa, yeah. which is, that's a good person, somebody who's so nice to their papa, even if their papa's easily frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything that made Dave a bad guy? He lied to Katharina. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did he lie? No, I guess because that was like... It's, that... Yeah, that's how he talked to everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, he did technically lie. He wasn't an Italian exchange student. Yeah. He was embarrassed to tell her the truth from the beginning because he talked like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Some kid from Indiana does not talk like that. And he lied about having a big family. But it was, he, the, his lies were, were the lies of the life he wanted to have instead mm-hmm. of life he did have. Which, in a way, is kind of sad. What would you have done differently if you were Dave? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. You think he played a perfect role right through? Yeah. I would hope you would have said, I would have gone to college. But he did end up going to college. Uh, yeah, but like he had to torture his parents for a whole year, loafing around. Then, yeah, I would go to college. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. My Fair Katie is brought to you this week by Cutter's Cars. Cutter's Cars provides the finest used cars in the Hoosier State. All cars have passed a 500-point inspection and carry out our 90-day guarantee. If you don't like it, just push it back for a full refund. We have graduation specials. Homecoming queens. English majors. Great deals. Any car for any occasion. So stop on by the campus car. I mean, Cutter's Cars. For your new best friend. That's Cutter Cars, just two minutes from the IU campus. 
Guaranteed not valid for any pre-owned purchase in the state of Indiana. All cars are sold as is, despite any representations to the contrary, made orally, verbally, herein, or otherwise. No promises made by Enrico shall be enforced. Campus Cars is not authorized to do business in the state of Indiana. It's time for Daddy Don't Know. So what doesn't Daddy know this week? I have three facts. Okay. The first one is it was shot during um, the spring break of 1978, and Indiana University had a three-week spring break because coal was used to, like, there was a coal strike, and coal was used to heat the entire university. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. pretty good timing then. It looked very beautiful for spring break time. Yeah. It didn't look cold. I think we got a three-week spring break this year, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> or an eight-week spring break. The rocks from the quarry were used to build the Empire State Building. Really? Yeah. Well, wow. according to Dennis Quaid. I don't, know if, <laughs> I don't know if he's a valid source. He's probably more reliable than his brother, Randy. <laughs> Cousin Eddie from Vacation. Oh. Christmas Vacation, you haven't seen the other ones. This is the second of three times that Paul Dooley and Dennis Christopher have played father and son. Um, they first work on the film A Wedding and... Oh, Never seen it. And <laughs> an episode in Law and Order. Really? <laughs> yeah, in 2003. Really? Yeah. I don't think I saw that one. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to look that up and try to watch it. Yeah. I'm sure it's on somewhere. Cherry, it's Law and Order Criminal Intent Cherry Red. <laughs> Let's see if we can find it. <laughs> All right, thanks. Those are great. So just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you have to be a bad guy. So who's the bad guy in the movie? Rod. Rod, yeah, there's no question about it. Is he a better purely evil person than Johnny Lawrence? Yeah. Why? And Apollo Creed and Tarhan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that punk from Cedar Knob. <laughs> Touching the coach with his finger. So why is he why is he worse than Johnny? Because he cheats on his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does. Johnny doesn't, does he? He's always trying to win her back. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And also Danielle, he was kind of asking for it. I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> Danny was a jerk. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. He's just a tough New Jersey kid. He's just misunderstood. That's all. So did Rod have a point? No. No point at all? No. In keeping the town folk out of the campus. Trying to have like the race be just the Indiana kids, even the IU kids. Mm. Yeah, but there was no chance that they were gonna win, so why not just let them join you? Well, they did win. Yeah, but I'm sure he didn't think like that. And if Dave didn't crash, he probably would have lapped him like three times by the end. Yeah. So what's the setting to the movie? Indiana. The whole state of Indiana. So what? Bloomsville? Yeah. What is it? Bloomington. Oh. <laughs> How important was the setting to the story? Very important. Why was it important? Because it was by college. Mm. And then they were like the, the townsfolk. So it was a 
it was a big college campus in a small town. Yeah. So would it have been different to set it in, obviously that's where the tension's built on. Would it be different if they had set it in, I don't know, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, or Binghamton, New York, or Gainesville, Florida? It would be different because the people in the Midwest are different because they're like portrayed as more naive and innocent. Like Dave himself. Yeah. So if he had been in, you know, at Rutgers University, wouldn't have been the same. No. Could you have filmed it anywhere else? No, because you wouldn't have the race. Could you film uh, film it about I don't know, crew, and set it at Harvard, and have some like poor kid from Boston, from the town, rowing on the Charles River. Yeah. You think that would work? Yeah, I guess it would. It'd be really different, though. Yeah. Like you said, because, like, the Midwestern, you know, friendly innocence as opposed to some rough blue-collar kid from Boston. Also, um, biking is pretty easy if, like, compared to crew. Like, anybody... Oh. <laughs> no, no, let me finish that. Like, okay. no, biking, yeah, like, everybody this. knows how to ride a bike, but, uh-huh. like... Not, they're not as good as Dave, but, like, it's really hard to do crew because, like, you have to balance. Oh. Yeah, I suppose you're some kind of expert. What if I am? Sounds like a touchy subject for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) So how about the craft work of the movie? What did you think about the filming and cinematography? I love the last clip of it, like, where it's the dad. (laughs) It's just his face. Like a freeze framing on his face. Yeah. The shocked look and then rolling the credits. Yeah, that was pretty good. Did you like the bike racing scenes? Yeah. yeah. Did you get a real feel for Indiana and the campus? I didn't really get much of a feel of what the campus looked like, but I'm sure like if you lived there and you knew what it looked like, you would recognize it. Yeah. But I feel like they didn't really it didn't really have give you a feel of what it looked like. They probably could have used some more like establishing shots of the campus. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. I agree with that. How about the music? What did you think of the music? The music was great. What role did it play? It played a huge role because he was Italian and it was opera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like the music too. Do you like opera? Yeah. How about the special effects? Were there any special effects? No. A couple of mild stunts? Yeah. Oh, there was the blood. Yeah, and when Mike cut his head on the rock. Yeah. And then Dave's knee. Yeah. Wasn't very gruesome though, was it? No. Pretty mild. How about the costume design? <laughs> What'd you think? Do you buy the college kids as looking like college kids? Yeah. And the townies as looking like townies? Yeah. How about the editing? Did you I think thought, it was... I didn't think it was I thought it was actually a perfect amount. Because for the time. A... I thought it was the right amount of time, but I just kinda wished that there was less time in the beginning and more time at the like the training. Oh. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the montage in a little bit. I wish they had a better montage, though. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to the montage. So nitpicking, anything uh, you want to mention? Mm. No. No. I think there's a couple of continuity problems that I read about, but I didn't really notice them in the film. But there's one thing I did notice. When does the movie take place? May. And you told me that they filmed it over spring break. Yeah. But not all of it, because there's a scene where Dave is out riding um, down the highway, 
and the corn is as high as an elephant's eye. That only happens at the end of the summer. So they would just be planting the corn. The corn would only be like ankle high by then. Yeah, if but... If you even planted it at all. It's just a knit. It's okay. Yeah, but the campus scenes were in spring break. Yeah. They probably filmed the other ones at a different time. Yeah. They filmed the whole thing in Bloomington, though, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Unanswered questions. I got a few. I'm going to start off. The end. What were they thinking having a baby? I mean, I know it was Dave's suggestion, but who takes family planning advice from their teenage son? (laughs) (laughs) And weren't they a little old? They had to be at least 40, right? Yeah. Weren't you guys 40 when you had Lily? (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, but you know what the key difference is? I didn't give you advice. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't a teenager. We weren't starting all over. Can you imagine the light at the end of the tunnel is so close, it's right there. Dave's like just started college, and boom, another baby. (laughs) You got any questions? What happens to the truck driver? I feel like Dave should pay his ticket for him. (laughs) Yeah, Dave should. Did he know the truck driver beforehand? Like, were they pals? Or did Dave just sucker him into getting a ticket? Was he even speeding? Because he was only going 60 miles per hour. Yeah, well, back then, the speed limit was only 55. So we got a speed ticket for going five miles over the speed limit. Yeah, that probably was a 55 zone, too. It looked like a pretty wide open highway. And he was only going, like, 40 before. Remember? So. Oh, maybe it was a slower zone. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. So what's the deal with Nancy, by the way? She's not even head cashier, and she can get her own apartment. Maybe her parents have money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's what they were portraying Nancy as coming from a family of money. Maybe she stole her money. Do you think she was relying on Mooch's future income? Speaking of Mooch, what happens to his other friends? I don't know. What do you think happens to Mooch? I bet he gets a job, and, and maybe, like, I bet he quits I don't think he gets a job again because, like, he has anger issues when somebody calls him shorty. (laughs) He probably, yeah, probably should seek a little bit of help for that one. You think he goes through life, like, uh, randomly quitting jobs and going bouncing from place to place? Yeah, I bet he does. What about about Mike? What do you think happens to Mike? Um, I don't think that anything happens to him. Wait a minute, let me ask you this. Okay. So, <clears throat> let, let's talk about it this way. What happens to Mike and Cyril and Mooch? What do you think happens to them if they don't enter the race? And then how do you think their lives are different because they did win the race? So what about Mike? What do you think happens to Mike if they don't enter the race? I bet nothing happens to him because he just like lives his life like he's about to get another chance you know because he was like always like he wasn't smoking because he was he was too scared that he was going to get another chance to be a quarterback yeah and I bet as he gets older he like sits around at a bar and talks about the big game back in high school yeah and he's got like a a blue collar job working at a factory or something Mm -hmm. 
What do you think happens to him after they win the race? I hope he gets inspired by it and tries to live out his dreams. Yeah, he could maybe be a walk-on somewhere. Maybe go to junior college, play football. Maybe he's, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he gets motivated to do that. That would be sweet. Mm-hmm. What about Cyril? I bet he likes to play the guitar more. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he takes a boxing class. <laughs> All right, the big picture. So what's the message of the movie? I think it's to never give up on your dreams because it's a sports movie. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Does it still have the same meaning today? Yeah. So overall in cinema history, where would you place this one? Probably top 10 sports movie, but like top 50 movie overall. Top 50 movie overall? Yeah. That would be pretty good. Yeah. You sure? I didn't think it was going to be very good, so now I trust you to watch the rest of them. (laughs) Because I wasn't really excited about the rest of them because we watched all the good ones first. All the good ones? Yeah. Oh, because we watched Rocky and Karate Kid Hoosiers. You yeah. didn't want to watch anymore? No. You don't trust me? No. But now you do. Yeah. And the Katie goes too. It's time to give out some awards. The Odessa Steps Award for the best scene. I've got four nominees. I've got Mike lamenting his lost opportunities while they're watching football practice. The fight scene at the Union <laughs> when Cyril's swinging around the bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> the Chinzano bike race. And the Little 500. Do you have any other nominees? No, I think you've got it. The Katie goes to the little 500 because I like when Dave sees his dad and like it gives him hope, like inspiration. All right, this goes to 11, the award for the most over-the-top moment. I got three nominees. I've got dad blowing up about the cat. His name is Jake. It's not Fellini. I've got the dad having a heart attack because he gave out a refund. <laughs> it seems like a bit of an overreaction. But it was the worst car in the lot and he finally sold it. He did admit that. Although, let's be honest, it was the only good-looking car in the lot. Yeah. Beautiful Corvette. And the third one is the dad, the dad, and the dad. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any nominees? No, I think you got every scene with the dad in it. (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) The kitty goes to the cats. (laughs) What goes up about the cat? All right, the Thomas Mitchell Award. The word for the most delicious side. I've got only two nominees in this one. Tell me if you have some more. I've got Cyril, who I think is hilarious. Yeah. And I've got Rod's car. That beautiful light blue Mercedes convertible. Just gorgeous. Do you have any other nominees? No. Cyril is my favorite. Cyril. <laughs> and then Katie goes to Cyril. Okay. It's the pictures that got small award for the best quote. From the dad. He's never tired. He's never miserable. When I was young, I was tired and miserable. And this one also from the dad. No, I don't feel lucky to be alive. I feel lucky I'm not dead. There's a difference. (laughs) I like that one. This one is from Dave. Everybody cheats. I just didn't know it. This one's from Mike. They're going to keep calling us cutters. To them, it's just a dirty word. To me, it's something else I never got a chance to be. And then this one's from Cyril. It was dark. All I can tell you for sure is that they all wore brute aftershave and reeked of Lavoris. <laughs> you got any other nominees? No, I think you got everything. The Katie goes to Dave's. The everybody cheats. Everybody cheats, yeah. Yeah, it's so sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's heartbreaking. 
Winner, winner, chicken dinner. The winner of the movie is? Dave. Dave? No, the dad. The dad? Yeah. Oh, because he's happy? Yeah. He does have the biggest arc from completely miserable to completely happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I was going to say Team Chinzano. Why Team Chinzano? Because they won? Because they're cheaters, do you like them? Well, they won the race. I didn't say I liked them. Well, they were going to lose to, like, a 19-year-old. All right, half a dozen eggs. Zero to 12. Montage. Where do you give the montage in this movie? A two. A two? Yeah. It had pretty good music, though. Yeah, that's the only reason why it's a two. And it was also funny how the dad was looking at him from the window. Oh, when he's eating the apple? Yeah. Oh, by the way, best food eaten during a montage. So far, we've only had two foods eaten during a montage. A half a dozen raw eggs or an apple. Which one is better? Apple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, want to have a catch? Cryability ranking, zero to ten? Five. Five? Yeah, because it's sad when Dave, like, loses hope. From... That is sad. Yeah. What about, like, happy cry at the end? Two. Two? Not much there. Oh, no. It was sad, too, because um, Sarah, like, he didn't have anybody. Yeah. That was really sad. Yeah. He kept looking around. They didn't really play it up, though. I like it. That's what's so great about this movie. It's it's really subtle and charming. Yeah, and they developed all the characters. They really did, didn't they? Yeah. Like, you really care about Cyril. He's not just the guy cracking jokes on the side. Like, you know he's like... Or like Mike, too, because... Like, at first you don't like him, but then, like, his backstory's sad, too. Yeah. Nobody really cares about me, so. Oh. Besides Nancy. Mooch. Mooch, never mind, because Mooch stuck up for Dave. Yeah, and he lived by himself. Yeah. And then he found Nancy. And then he found Nancy, so that was sweet. I hope Mooch made it okay. Yeah, me too. I hope he's got a small house. You know, around there would be a little pink house. As John Cougar would say. Who's John Cougar? I'm not even having this discussion with you again. I know who John Cougar is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Should this movie be remade? No, I think it was good. Because <laughs> if... Why would it be remade? It's already really good. It is really good. Could it be remade? Like, could you take the same story today? I guess. But I don't know if it would be the same. No, it wouldn't be the same. But it still fits in today's culture? Yes. Okay. What changes would you make to the story, though? The training montage would be have to be better. Yeah. That would be... It would be nice if had a cool training montage. All right, one more question. Who would Chris Pratt play in the remake? A mix between Cyril and Mike. He can't play a mix. He's only one guy. But he can, because he's Chris Pratt. You can't play two guys? Yeah. <laughs> he's going to, like, be twins? Yeah. Wait a minute. There you go. Yeah. Cyril and Mike could be twins. Yeah, the funny one. He's funny and, the, and like the tough one. Athletic one. Yeah. Yeah. Told you. Okay. You know what? You sold me. That's actually really good. I really, really like it. Okay. All right. That's a wrap. Brief takeaways from the movie. As always, I'll go first. I really like this movie. I've seen it many times. It's a really charming, lovely movie. And I wish more people had seen it. You know, your mom hadn't seen it before we just watched it. So, for me, it's a recommendation to everybody. 
I thought it was also a really good movie, and I didn't think it was going to be good. And I'm glad that we watched it. <laughs> so do you recommend it? Yeah. To whom? Everyone. Everyone? All right. Except Italians. Okay. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. <laughs> it's probably not very politically correct in today's climate. No. No. None of the traditional Italian slurs are used. He says, the dad says, Idy, and that's about it. We probably should have talked about this before. But none of the other slurs for Italian Americans are used in the movie. And it's lovingly done. He obviously loves his son. He's just frustrated because his son is jobless and seems to be without aim or purpose. At least that he sees value in. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Dave. Dave sees value in cycling, though. Yeah, he absolutely does. Okay, so say that's a wrap, Katie. That's a wrap, Katie. This episode of My Fair Katie was written and produced by Scott and Katie Schoenick. A special thanks for our music to Marty Charlie Esquire, the best IT lawyer on this side of the Hudson.